you never know where you're going if you don't look back. Hold it tight like a fist, for it fades to black. You got a relic, best to keep it true. A ticket to the past, it can bring you to. You got a relic, it come far and few. Remember what you do, it comes back on you. A relic, best to keep it true. A ticket to the past, it can bring you to. You got a relic, it come far and few. What's good, people? This is the Relic Podcast. I'm Chad Snow, and thank you for listening. Episode 70, 71. Back in the building with my man Pete for the second time. Couldn't end on uh, passion, so we're going to pick it up this time. And also, being an expert, and who knows what else we're going to talk about. But Pete, I got you unmuted, and Pete is at his gym right now. And he gave me a little bit of a tour, which I've already kind of seen on Instagram, Facebook, and all the other social media. You have Twitter? Are you a tweeter? I don't have Twitter. You haven't, you haven't, Divin, Divin, you haven't dived into Twitter, the Twitterverse? Well, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm old. So, uh, relatively speaking, for social media. So, I don't know, like, what the new, what is the new platform now? Is Twitter for tiktok maybe i don't know uh, yeah i don't know so no i don't i don't uh don't have that i, I wouldn't even know how to tweet i have it but i don't really use it and i know tiktok or i think it's tiktok maybe or some i don't know i don't i wish i could That's say not- i was hip to all that but i'm not really hip to all that or, or snap snapchat and or as bill belichick would say snap face and insta face <laughs> or whatever i don't know but uh, anyway, when so on when you when you're doing all the Instagram stuff for your uh for your gym, are you in charge of that or do you have someone else doing it? I uh, my business partner, Takes, Pat, she, Takes, she's in charge. The genius behind all that. And you brought uh, up I, you brought up a great point during the last episode about whether you were making it or not. I heard it. You have to have people behind you. You have to have people that are better at you are better than you are doing things or else you're going to screw things up. So it's good that you recognize that and you take care of what you take care of, what you're good at and you allow someone else to take care of what they can take care of. You know, it it reminds me of this uh, analogy of of a a hand. You have five fingers and all together they make one fist, right? Is that like, it almost sounds like five fingers, one fist. If I, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) It's a, it's a, it's a team effort, you know? I like so, that. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> I saw it on a shirt somewhere. My brother's closet in the basement. <laughs> I should try to find one. I should, I should find one for myself if I could. Five <laughs> fingers, f- five fingers, one fist. And I, I remember back in the day, I keep saying back in the day, cause we're both old now, but, uh, when I was reading, uh, coach K's book, excuse me, lead with the heart, leading with the heart. And he was talking about that analogy about the five fingers, one fist. And then I just like, man, that's kind of cool. The FF. And then I came up with the FFOF and put it on our little warm up shirts. And it kind of just took off, took a, excuse me, took a life of its own. And it's something you can build on and buy into. And like with you and your gym, you have a bunch of people coming in 
for different reasons, I'm assuming, right? They're not all coming in there to be like CrossFit champions or anything like that. Some are coming in there to lose weight or just get stronger or both. Or they're, they're dealing with shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, we have people that come in and like literally there's one guy, he's like, I'd be going crazy if I didn't come here. You know, it's mental, <clears throat> for mental health. He just comes in gets after it and he leaves. You know, and so when when uh, when different people are coming in and you you're creating programs for them, you 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 tailor them to each individual. You're not just saying, okay, this is our cookie cutter approach. You have to do this, or find another gym to go to. That's right. I don't really give them that last option. I'm like you're here, we're gonna right. You know, let them decide that. But uh, you know, you give them an out, they'll take it. So with uh, coming here. Uh, you know, we, we preach personality as trainers and, uh, you try to, you know, nobody gives a shit about like, you know, uh, what percentage of the one rep max they should be lifting or, or, uh, what their heart rate should be. Some people do, but they they come here for 30 minutes and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it's with a trainer. They better enjoy it. You know, so conversation. You know, uh, personality, things like that is more, is what, what we try to push on people. And how many people are coming there for group as opposed to coming there for just one-on-one? Oh, you know, quite a few. Um, the group is, you know, generally speaking, uh, um, women gravitate more towards a group atmosphere and guys like the, like the individuals training mm-hmm. um or crossfit um so i would say off the top of my head we probably have like 10 groups that i train groups of two or more mm-hmm. uh, and it is uh there's benefits to it you, you dilute training on one hand but on the other hand for, for benefits it's uh you know you get like accountability right so say say you and i we're gonna go to the gym every day a new new year, new me, right? Thirty day fix. Right. We're gonna do this. And uh one day I wake up and I'm like, damn, I'm not ready. And then you're like, let's go. Let's go to the gym. And I'm like, you know what? Chad, I can't let him down. So we're gonna go to the gym. So I mean you get that and it just works out, you know. So that's a, a real benefit because as we know, consistency is probably number one, right? Amen. Yeah, number so. one. It is uh I would say it is number one, without a doubt, being there every day, or not every day, some days you got to rest, but being consistent to your program, whether it's three days a week, four days a week, two days a week, whatever you're choosing to do, you got to stick with it. And uh, it brings me to that accountability partner. You hear that a lot, at least I hear it. I need a, I'm going back to the new year, new me. I want (laughs) to... And we make fun of it. I get it. Because every single year, everyone, everyone wants to be a new them. And then the next year, they want to be a new them. And the next and just a never-ending cycle of new year, new me. And then they want an accountability partner. And people, I'm not saying accountability partner is a bad thing. But the number one person you have to be accountable for is yourself. So if you want the best accountability partner, look in the freaking mirror. Yeah. Accountability buddy. I take a quote from South Park. <laughs> you, can, you can find quotes anywhere. Um, 
waking up this morning at 2 a.m. And for me, I pop right out of bed. And I'm assuming you do too. Like you don't need a, an, an accountability partner. You're your accountability partner. That's you and I kind of are the same in that, in that instance. Well, when you I will get up, yeah, just get up and <clears throat> excuse me. Got a frog in my throat. Uh, when you get up and I'm asking you, cause I know how I do it. I just pop out of bed. And my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, you're, you're like a, a vampire. The minute they just boom, just come out of the crate and you're just like ready to rock. And I've always been that way. I just pop up. Um, with you, do you set an alarm? Do you get, do you, do you, do you need to like have your glass of car, cup of coffee? And then, and then I get a routine. I, yeah. Uh, so what's your routine? Tell me about it. I'd say five times out of 10, I wake <clears> up like five minutes before my alarm. And uh, if we're going to break it down, maybe three times out of 10, I'll wake up to the alarm. And then one time out of 10, I wake up 45 minutes before my alarm. And then you're like, damn, can't get back to sleep. So I try to sleep, you know, value that. So I try to go as late as I can to my alarm. And then, uh, yeah, get up and uh, I wear glasses and contacts. So I put those in, go downstairs, I get the coffee going. And I love that smell. Mm-hmm. Quiet, no lights on. I like it dark. You know, I have people at the gym here know that. You know, the morning class we we only have one light going, and it's uh, it's pretty dark in here. But uh, yeah, that's that's it. And I drive to work. It takes about twenty five thirty minutes, and I I don't listen to any music. It's dead silent. Mm-hmm. Me and my coffee, and my thoughts. You know, and uh, that's. That's the morning routine, you know. Hey, you know, are we quoting today, Marcus? Marcus Aurelius. I got one for this morning, too. I got one. So hit it. I, I can't hit it on the head, but it's, uh, you'll never, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're, basically it says if you're laying in bed all day, never awake and pain, right? And so, you'll wake up and like, do the work of a man or something like that. I'd, I'd, I'd butcher it, too, but I know he says that, and I've, seen that one many times like what's stopping you from getting up and doing your job yeah you're, I mean you're laying in your bed you're, you're, nothing's being accomplished so as soon as you nothing's going to work unless you do right so that's uh, I've that's had so many people act. so many people over the years you know once they know me and they see how I do things and get up early and do what I do and they ask me like well so what's your what, what's your secret how do you and I don't know, I don't have a secret. I just know that I, not, I have those voices in my head. Like even this morning, I mean, I knew I had to get up and I knew I was going to get up. That wasn't a question, but there's still that little, ooh, it's really comfy in here. Ooh, it's nice oh, and yeah. warm. Ooh, look at Kenyatta and Bam. They're sleeping so soundly. Look at Solo over there. He's, I got to wake his ass up too. It's not like he, and then, uh, and then F it, get up and go. And there's, <laughs> There's never been one time, and I'm almost 50 years, there's never been one time where I've, like, after I've done it, I've regretted, like, oh, why did I get up so early and exercise, or why did I get up so early to do my normal routines? It's like, it, in fact, it's the opposite for me. It's like, I, if I do, which I've done before, I've, I've listened to my little, excuse my language, I've listened to my inner bitch voice, 
and let <laughs> let that voice win. And it, I regret it all day long. It's like it stays with me. It's like, God, I just screwed that whole thing up just because of one little simple decision you make, and it snowballs. Well, you learn from it then. Use that, right? Every uh, mistake you make in life, you can look at it as a learning opportunity. You know, say you get 20 bucks going out of your wallet. Well, maybe you're going to be careful next time to keep your money a little closer. I mean, that's a real simple example, right? Well, then. $20 lesson. When we, uh, on my uh, little, I have a little quote book, as you, well, you don't know I have a quote book, but you know I'm a quote guy. And you share quotes, I share quotes with you and stuff. And one popped up this morning that I had, and it was a Marcus Aurelius one. And it was simple. It was these three simple things that we have to do. It's the only things we have to do. And the first one was control our perceptions. Um, the first one, yeah, the first one is just control your perceptions. The second one was uh, determine your actions. Or not determine your actions, but make sure your actions are in line with what you're trying to do. Control basically control your actions, and the last one is willingly, willingly accept what's beyond your control. And those three things: perceptions, action, and will. And it's like, damn. And even for me, I've seen that thing millions of times. It's like you always need reminders. How many times during the day that we overreact to something, or we give something too many fucks? If excuse my language again, there I go. But we give too much too much weight to stupid things that we don't need to even worry about. Like we don't have to have an opinion on every single thing. We can just let it go. And that's the perception part. And then the action part Mm -hmm. is whether it's waking up in the morning to get that workout in or to walk the dog or to clean your kitchen or do the dishes that you didn't do last night that you should have done. And then the third one is just the simple thing, willingly accept what you can't control. And what can we control? Freaking nothing except us. Yep. Hey, uh, it's not easy. Otherwise, everybody would do it. You know, it's easy just to feel your emotions and have a quick, impulsive reaction to an event, you know. But there is that what? That delay? That small delay where you have a choice? What is it? A second line? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tough. And sometimes it's all it is. It's like it is. Like you, it's one second. Will you? You will use the one second, and it's you have that one second to like. Do I really have to react to this? Do I have to get upset about this? Do I have to let this get me into a state of mind that's going to carry on for the rest of the day and just like hold on to it? No, heck no. And I made an example of uh, a pot a few podcasts ago. I can't remember which one. And I told the story about the monks that were walking in the woods and they came across a young pretty lady that was trying to cross the river and the one monk just picked her up and carried her across the river. And the other monk, the younger monk, the the young Padawan was like, I can't believe you just picked that woman up. We're not supposed to be touching women or doing anything like that. And the, the older monk was like, I let that go. I let her go. When I, when I cross the river, it looks like you're still holding on to her. Simple, 
And it's a simple analogy is that the, the shit that we hold on to and let, let dictate our other actions is just, it's ridiculous. So what, where, where are you at now? Or do you have, um, with your, with your quotes, do you have them so you can see them? Oh yeah. Um, well, in some, sometimes they'll pop up like, you know, on Facebook, I'll share them on Facebook or whatever for, and then, you know, when you go to your memories or whatnot and it'll eight years ago or 10 years ago, you shared this quote. Yeah. And, and some people, when they have their little quotes or whatever, they, they think it's going to, they, they need to find a new one. Oh, I got to find a new, better quote. Nah, I, I, I like the old stuff that it's timeless. Or Lao Tzu, another one popped up on my timeline. The, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. I love that one. I like uh, the appear strong when you're weak and weak when you're strong. That was Lao Tzu, right? I think, yeah, from the Tao, the Tao Tai Ching. If anyone needs a new book to read, check that book out. Tao Tai Ching by Lao Tzu. Beautiful book. Well, I mean, it's an old book. That's, he probably, yeah, and uh, even Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. That's like a classic, and that dude wrote that thing way back in the Roman Empire. So none of this stuff is new. And a lot of times we're looking for the new hack, the new 12 steps, the new three steps, all that kind of stuff. Nothing, nothing, nothing is new. Nothing's going to change. And that's why I want to get back to uh, talking about what you're doing with the, your clients and stuff. They're coming yep. to your gym. They're working out. Some of them never worked out before, correct? That's right. Like zero, zero, zero knowledge on anything. So they're coming to you fresh. Hands in the air. Hands in the nope. air, like, help me. What do I do? <laughs> now you're getting ready to help them. Do you get a lot of clients? And I'm assuming the answer already, but I'll let you talk about it. How many yeah. of them resist the stuff that you're trying to give them, the stuff that you're trying to sell them? You know, uh, I would say probably top of my head, half of them, they have excuses or they have, uh, what's, uh, they have their own ideas of, you know, like squats are bad for your knees, for example, bench pressing or whatever kind of pressing is bad for my shoulders or I can't do a pull up. And, but you, uh, that's where I come in and you trick them into training, you know, <laughs> and they, uh, buy in, you know, you, you, you tell them why I, I, I that's the way I like to learn things. And, uh, um, they really are receptive um overall to that but right away you know there is there is roadblocks and i can't do this and they have a laundry list of things that you know these excuses and uh and uh, you just work through it and work around it even so specifically you know? let's say someone comes in and i'll use pull-ups because that's a classic one i can't do a pull-up why are you making me do these i can't even do one so then what do you what do you do with that person that can't do a pull up what what what's your what are your steps what do you how do you sell them Well the first thing we do is I I have them do uh if they can't do a pull up you know cuz some people a lot of people can't they do ring rows 
do something else to train the lats. And then we get them more into a supine position. So they have to use more of their body weight. And then I say, you know what, we're going to do a pull up, but I'm going to throw a band so it'll assist you. Or you can do a band and have them do like a pull down, but I'd rather have them, you know, work with their body weight. And because uh, it's a lot different than like a pull down machine. So that's, you know, those are the steps. And then you use a lighter band and then eventually they go body weight. They can do one, but it, you know, not everybody can get to that. You got to lose weight or whatever it is. Right. Stronger. But, but even yeah. even like the the smallest of say you can't do one pull up but you're hanging from the bar and you yeah. you can get yourself less than a quarter up you can bend you can get your elbows bent on your way up to the pull up yeah. bar and they couldn't even do that before that's progress but a lot of people even think that oh if I'm doing a partial pull up I'm not doing anything uh no ha- even hanging from the bar just hang oh. there you're you're working muscles that you've never worked before, and little baby steps and consistency. So as you That's just right. as you said, keep showing up, keep doing these little things, these little tiny steps. They start adding up. They start compacting each other. And you know, there's other things too. You know, like like negatives. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, and like, wow, you can hold yourself up there for five seconds like a bent arm hang, like he's doing that. High school, maybe we did that bent arm hang. I think you know, like, so that's the easy, measurable way to like. Mm-hmm. Well, you did it two seconds the first time. You can hold yourself for fifteen seconds now. You know, there's like, yes, there is a, uh, uh, tons of ways to show improvement. I had a lady, a young gal, going into the Navy. Last, she started last summer. Peter just kicked on, so it's uh, kind of loud. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. If I have and, to, uh, I can boost up your gain. She couldn't do a pull-up. And uh, just, uh, she had to pass this test for the Navy where she could do, she had to do four pull-ups. And she passed her test. She got four pull-ups, and that was about six months of training. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you can go from zero to four <laughs> if you're consistent. Three times a week. You come on her own a couple of times, you know, but like you said, consistency. So there's my success story for well, you. That's one of them. I'm sure you probably got a ton of other ones. I saw, I saw a video of a girl lady doing a muscle up. Oh yeah. Yep. Tara. Yeah. Yeah. And she's my age. Actually, I'm like three, four days older than her. Uh-huh. Um, she always reminds me of that, but yeah, that was awesome. Uh, demographic of her, you know, she's got kids and everything, working mom, and works her ass off and got her muscle up, you know, so pretty, pretty impressive the hard work she's put in to get there. And for muscle those, ups aren't easy. Oh, you know, yeah. I was just, like just going to say, for those that, for those that don't know what a muscle up is, that's like, uh, pull up on steroids really i mean you're getting a pull up in and then you're getting your whole body over the damn bar and then pushing yourself up over the bar that's not easy to do for anybody and and when people when people they we're, we're going i'm going back to the excuses thing talking about excuses 
like people have these built-in excuses and limitations they put on themselves. Like, I can't do this because, I can't do that because, and they've trained themselves to believe this. And and I'm also going to be honest too, there are some things we just can't do. Like I can't, I can't go into a gym anymore and dunk a basketball. Those days are over. I'm never going to be able to do that anymore. So it's for me to say, oh, you know, if you believe you can achieve, not, not all the time. There's some, there's some things you're just not going to be able to do, period. But we're not ta- I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that are attainable. And I know you're not going to set someone up for failure either. You're not trying to get people to do something that you just know that they can't do. You're trying to build little things step by step so they can get to that spot. But if, if you're looking at a client and you're like, okay, They've had a double knee replacement, so maybe a deep, you know, ass to the ground squat is maybe out of the out of the cards for them. But we can do some other things that can still get you strong in those areas. That's right. You, uh, you know, that's why training, you know, personal training is for you don't have to do it your whole life, but it is it does come in handy if you don't know anything about never done it before you know and and uh you have a specific um injury or whatever you need to work around it and you don't trust it you learn a little bit about yourself too that oh you do a lot more than i think i can squat or i can do deadlifts even though i had a uh you know a discectomy or something like that so there's a lot of barriers you push through and And then having a good coach, trainer, leader that can show them the proper way to do things, the right way to do things, the right way to progress, the right way to add weight when you need to add weight or subtract weight when you need to subtract weight because you don't want to neglect form, etc. So there's there's so many ways. I remember uh, the last school I was teaching at PE in uh, Kansas City. You know, I'm doing gym, but we don't have a whole lot of equipment. So most of it was body weight stuff. And I was a big proponent on, we're going to do planks, huge proponent on planks. And the kids, so many of them, it was just like, I can't do a plank. I'm not going to do those. I can't do those. And a lot of them couldn't. There's a lot of kids that couldn't even hold their body weight up. And so I was like, okay, but you can put your knees on the ground and hold yourself up. That's a modifier. Yeah, but that's a girl plank. No, it's not a girl plank. You're just, you're just modifying. And then so yeah. I would show them it's okay to modify. And then they would modify. And then next thing you know, through consistency, through effort, maybe by semester time, they were doing a full plank. And they surprised the hell out of themselves. And they were like, well, I can almost do a push-up now. And then so that plank <laughs> leads into a push-up. And then that success that they've built on leads into, hey, coach, can you show me how to do this exercise? Can you show me how to do a, and we had a little, I bought a little dip bar. And we would do a, and a lot of the kids, they can't can't do dips, but we just do a, I would call them frozen holds, where they just hold themselves up on the dip bar. And I would time them. And some kids could hold it for a minute. Some kids would hold it for two minutes, just like doing a plank. And then next thing you know, they're like kind of doing a partial dip. And then they're doing a negative dip. And then next thing you know, they're doing a full one, one range of motion, full range of motion dip. And it's, and again, anybody 
unless you know don't have arms to do them or whatever you you can get those things done if you're willing to get uncomfortable to be consistent and to push that the bullshit excuses aside and that's a life lesson for anything like how many even you work with kids and yep. you you probably see that in the kids a lot where they're already coming up with excuses of things they can't do because it's probably too hard or too uncomfortable. And the minute they get uncomfortable, they want to quit. How do you, how do you as a trainer, as a coach, help them see past that? Well, the famous line is, uh, oh, if that's what you think, then you're, you're probably right. And you know, they, oh, I can't do that. Well, yeah, if you can't, if you don't think you can climb the rope, you're right. You're not going to climb it. I think that was, uh, Henry Ford said that was, uh, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. <laughs> yes. I, uh, uh, the best confidence builder for the kid, I would say is, is probably the rope. Um, cause a lot of people can climb a rope and they don't believe they can. So we use that as a confidence building tool. The kids love the rope. They just love it more than probably any of the other, uh, the other uh, exercises we do. So we try to do it once a week. And we have kids, you know, like you talk about progress. Uh, we have kids that, okay, let's get a wrap. Because there's a specific way you get a wrap on the rope. And you can go legless or whatever, but some, some people just can't like, pull up. Their body weight is maybe too much for their for their arms to handle. So you always start with the with the wrap. Wow, you got a you got a foot wrap. That's it right there. Okay, you're halfway up the rope. Like, look at that. And we have this kid. He got halfway up the rope. His eyes were huge. You know, he was pumped. You know, and of course, then you reinforce. You go up, fist bumps. There are other kids that are gathered around. They're like, yeah, and it's so. Mm-hmm. It's like the old saying, um, we talk we use a lot in baseball. Say you have a you have a good game, go four for four at the plate. It gets you to come back again next mm-hmm. week. You know? Or you have a good golf game, it gets you back the next week, you know, and so that's the that kid he's gonna come back this week and he's gonna be fired up. And I, I bet I'm gonna call it and get his first real time cut. I was going to ask you too, now that you brought up that rope climb, how high is the rope? Because I've seen people doing it on your on your Instagram page and stuff, people climbing the rope, and I was like, how high is that? 16 feet in the middle, and then it's, it's a tapered ceiling, and it's, it's like about 14 and a half on the ends. So it takes, like, for, for an adult, it's uh, two wraps to get the top kids to the feet. And when, yeah. you're, when you're saying a wrap, you're talking about wrapping your foot around the rope right yes it's uh um, you know some people may you know it may be perceived as uh, assisting or cheating but when you have to tuck your knees up and wrap it's a great ab mm-hmm. exercise it also requires some coordination so yeah. there's other benefits to it now if you're going for just pierce you know, strength or time under tension, you would do more of a, a legless rope climb and just work your lats and your grip. You know? mm-hmm. But uh, but the wrap is beneficial in like a CrossFit workout where you're doing other things with it, like like uh, squats or biking or throwing or something. Mm-hmm. 
where you're going back to back and you have to, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Cause I've seen people get up there and the whole time I'm like, God, I wonder how high that is. Cause it, <laughs> it, and again, here I go back in the day that there, there was a rope in every gym. Like that was, yeah. that was like how it was. Like there was always a rope that went straight up to the ceiling. However high the ceiling was, some ceilings are higher than others, but and they got rid of them because probably a kid fell or someone got hurt. And then it's like, oh, they're, they're bad. So let's get rid of them. And they the, got canceled. Yeah. Then they got canceled. But we had a, at the school I was at in, it, it, in Kansas City, they had, it was old school, old school school. And they had a rope. They had two of them actually. And I use that all the time. I was like, when is the last time these ropes were used? And they're like, oh, I don't know. We haven't used them in a long time. <laughs> I was like, well, we're going to use them. And so we, the kids loved it. Some couldn't climb up it, but they would still try. And I didn't teach the whole foot thing. I didn't know how to do the whole foot wrap thing, but I was always just like, go try to climb up the damn thing. And there was like little teddy bears that must have been up there for ages that were like at the very top. So they could go up there and top the teddy bear. And that became like a, like a, a badge of honor if you could get up that rope and tap the teddy bear. So again, it was like a lot. Once, once one kid was able to do it, then the other kids was like, oh, I want to do that too. It's like, uh, that's the other thing too, is I think kids motivate kids a little more than adults. I mean, they, they look up to adults, but when they see themselves in other kids, it's easier for them to see themselves in other kids. So mm-hmm. that's a good point. You know, if you use other kids for motivation. Yeah, because it's one thing years like, okay, kids, look at me. And they already, oh, big deal. Pete can climb a rope yippee skippy they're in the price just look at you and know that you can but when they see like you know little johnny doing it and they're like oh well if little johnny can do it i can do it and at least try it so yeah go for it and that's another thing that i get to is try something like we go we go to the excuses we go to the built-in excuses so many people have and used to and use for the rest of their lives and it's like oh i have asthma or i have the list goes on and on, and I'm sure you've heard them all too. Now that you've been working with kids, and just try, you might ex- you yeah. might surprise yourself. And once you try and break past that barrier, um, it reminds me of a girl that I taught at at uh, Crittenton, and we'd do our workouts and stuff in the morning and before class. We'd always, well, during class, but it was like the pre-class before activities. I would always put them through workouts, and they. At the beginning, they're like, oh, I hate this. Why do we have to do this? Like, we're going to do it, and then you can do what you want to do. You're going to do what I want to do first, and then you guys can do what you want to do. Choose after that. And a girl, she was, you know, overweight. She was shy. She was an introvert. She didn't like being around people very much, so she was just very just standoffish, really. And she's like, Coach, I don't want to do anything. I was like, well, how about you just walk around the gym? And she's like, well, does that count? Are you going to? dock me points for walking around the gym. I was like, no, not at all. And she would walk, start walking around the gym and she'd get tired like after a couple laps. And then I, so I started walking with her. And then next thing you know, it was like, hey, coach, let's walk. And then pretty soon it was like a lot of kids started doing it. So it became like a, at least for that specific class, almost like a walking club. And they're like, man, this is a good workout. I was like, yeah, no, no, yeah, no kidding. It's a good workout. Just get up and do something. Yeah. And for her, and again, here we go back to the little steps. Those little, those little walking 
walking uh, routes that we did turned into her starting to jog. Like then she would start, she would start jogging the, the sideline and then walk the baseline. And so she was doing like little intervals. And then instead of asking me to do it with her, she started doing it by herself. Like she became more independent. She became more confident. And then she'd come up to me and say, hey, coach, I, I want to lose some more weight. I've, I've noticed I've been losing weight. What, so what I'm saying is that it compounds itself and it, success breeds success. And once she started seeing success just in the simple walk, that, man, I'm getting something out of this. Now I want to start doing a little bit more. Ooh, maybe I want to try doing planks. Maybe I want to try doing wall sits. Maybe I want to start joining you in your jumping jack routine and all that kind of thing. So those little success stories, for me, it was always easy, you know, teaching guys like you because I didn't have to push you guys. You, you were self-motivated. You were an athlete already. So that, to be honest, it was almost kind of boring at times. It's like, all right, Pete's going to do what Pete does. I don't have to do it or give any kid an example, but it was always the ones that the misfits, the, the ones that kids looked at and said, oh, they can't do this either. And then the kids believe that themselves. Those are the ones that I always liked taking under my wing and showing them that, hey, yeah, you can do something. You don't have to be a world-class athlete to get, get work done. You can do it on your own terms. And who knows what they're dealing with, you know, some kids. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they don't something at home. And that's the one time where somebody cares about them mm-hmm. and that can be said with anybody, but you know, maybe they, their parents are divorced or they're, uh, you know, they, they have a abusive home life and, you know, that's an extreme, but you know, maybe they're, I hate this word, but maybe they're bullied mm-hmm. in school, you know, right. and, and now you come in and you inspire them or, you know, in some way or that now you're kind of taking that father figure role you know, for the lack of a, a better word, you know, so, and then this training is just a, a medium for you to interact with the kids. And now all of a sudden, all the oh, training, you know, and then it just, these kids blow up, you know, well, you, into a- and you used the word earlier in our talk about leadership. And to me, people, I've had people ask me this question all the time. Like, how do you get people to do what you want them to do? And, and the simple answer for me is you manipulate them. And they're like, oh, that, that's mean. How do, you shouldn't manipulate kids. That's like, no, it's, don't, don't take it that way. But you manipulate them into thinking that they're doing it on their own. Because it's, yes. one, thing, it's one thing when you have an adult or a quote-unquote teacher or quote-unquote coach, whatever, telling you, barking orders, making you do something. But if you give them the choice and make them think, that they're doing it on their own, they're calling the shots, which in all reality, you're letting them do that. You're giving them the choice. Go ahead and do this. Do this instead of that. And the next thing you know, they're like, oh, I'm, just, I'm doing what I want to do instead of doing what I have to do. You're right. Uh, and also to add to that with kids or even adults, it's, uh, you know, being self-sufficient, independent, that's all good, you know. but um, you start really, really small and, and then you reinforce like, wow, you had a good workout today or you did this or, you know, and then it, <laughs> just like I said, it, it, uh, it gives them that win for the day and, 
and uh, it keeps them coming back the next time. And and you, like you said, manipulate. Well, you can uh, distract them too. Mm-hmm. You know, you get other kids and you're talking the whole time, and then they don't even know they're working out or they're working out exercise. They're uh, like you probably with the with the gal. She probably enjoyed your company. You guys talked about things, and she just like walking the whole time. Didn't even know she was getting a workout in. You, you know? just you uh you took the words right out of my mouth because that's exactly how it happened. And I'm gonna go back to talking about her for a second because the school I was working at was for it was an alternative school for at risk kids. And so yep. you you brought up the you were like, oh, this is probably extreme about the abuse of home life or well every single kid I had had something extreme to the quote unquote, you know, the, the cookie cutter family life they had broken homes, they were runaways, they were, they were abusing drugs at you name it. They were dealing with it, suicide attempts and all this, that, and the other. And so me being a typical coach, I couldn't, I couldn't take that approach with them. I couldn't, I couldn't just be the, we're going to do it this way, follow my lead, let's go. You know, that works in a lot of cases, but it it didn't work with them. They they're like, no, I ain't doing it. And a lot of time, I ain't fucking doing that. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> and this girl, when we first started school, that was her response. Like, I was like, all right, here's our routine. We did the same thing all the time. I ain't doing that. Well, a lot of teachers would take that as an insult. They would take that as a, how dare you defy me? How dare you go against me? And for me, it was like, okay, then don't. Fine. How about you just walk around the gym then? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Fuck you. I'll just walk around. The gym. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, go. See ya. And then she just started walking while, we're, while the other kids are doing something else. But in my mind, I'm like, there, she's walking. She's not sitting down. She's actually working out whether she knows it or not. And she didn't at the time. But then all of a sudden I see how red her face was and how she was getting some exercise in. And then the next day was the same way. I ain't doing that. Okay, you can walk. And then it just became a routine with her where I'm just going to go walk, coach. Yeah, go ahead. And then I gave her the space. I gave her the, the impression that she was making the choices herself. And again, that's, right. what, that's what leadership is. You find... You find what they will. Of course, I wanted them to exercise. That was my objective. I want you for these 45 minutes to be active. How you're going to be active, you choose. And if you're going to yeah. walk and before you knew it, I didn't have to like bark orders. I didn't have to, you know, threaten anyone with, oh, you're going to lose a grade or anything like that, or I'm going to whatever. I didn't have to do any of that because they just did it on, they took ownership of their own behaviors yeah that's a a good point and it sounds like you know i've i've followed you for a while you know and some of the kids i mean i I always wondered how did do that with so many like those kids are what were they like level three four or something do they have like a system like that a rating system like as far as like their um behavior EDD or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. They had every every acronym you could throw at them. I mean, whether it was <laughs> uh, you know, I and that that was another thing too, Pete. With me, like when you teach in a environment like that or work with kids like that, 
everyone's got a everyone's got a packet of behaviors and and modifications and when it when we get a new kid come in we're supposed to read their folder and find out everything about them so we and I never read them like I didn't care like I oh you, oh this kid was abused this kid was a runaway this kid uh was a meth head this kid it didn't matter to me cuz now I have you right now like what are you going to do now like if I yeah. just, if I like a yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. It's like, I, I'm not going to read your file. Show me right now what you're about. And I remember one time, well, this is an off topic. There was a kid who I gave, him, I gave my keys to, to get into the closet. I was like, hey, go, to, go into the closet and get the balls out. And I gave him my keys. And all the kids just like, everyone got quiet and stared like, Holy shit, Snow's given him his keys. And then another kid whispered to me, you know, he could, you know, he could steal something or, you know, he could open that door that's he's hitting run away. I was like, yeah, I suppose he could. But so my point of that is, is that I gave them something that they haven't had before. So actually, I gave them my trust. Before, you know, you heard the expression, you got to earn your trust. No, I'm going to give you my trust. Now it's up to you to lose it. So if you want yep. to if you want to take these key, keys and do something stupid, that's a choice you're going to make, and then pretty soon there goes the trust I just gave you, and they valued that. Or like there was yep. an, another example I had a I had change on my desk. Like a kid asked me one time, he was like, "Hey, coach, will you go get me a soda?" And he gave me like fifty cents or a dollar and quarters. And I was like, I'm not gonna get no, I can't get you a soda right now, but just put your money right there or what whatever it happened to be, and I just left the money on the desk. And then the one another kid was like, Well, you know, someone's gonna steal that. I was like, oh, I guess that's a choice they make. Well, <laughs> long story short, I must have had like five dollars of quarters sitting on my desk for my for four years. And no one ever stole them. Really? Well, yeah, it just became a thing. Like, and then we'd always have new kids come in. Like I said, you know, kids would come, they'd go through the program, then they'd graduate out and they'd get, they'd go to a quote unquote normal school. And then new <laughs> kids would come in and they'd walk by my desk and, hey, what's your name? So and so, blah, blah, blah. And they'd look at my desk right away. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, I could take those right off the, yeah, I suppose you could take them, but you won't. And no one ever took them. And even teachers couldn't believe it. And I'm like, well, it's, it's not, it's not magic, but if you give someone, if you give someone your trust, if you give someone your, your belief in them, a lot of times they're going to run through walls for you. They're going to do things for you that most people wouldn't think they would ever do for you because they're quote unquote broken kids or they're quote unquote bad kids. Eh, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not into that. They're kids. And yeah, we all got our issues and that's probably a reason why. I related to him so much is because I had empathy for him because I came from broken homes. I could have easily taken that path when I was a kid. I could have zigzag. I could have gone right instead of left or vice versa, but I had people in my corner that believed in me. So you show a little belief in a kid and they can do a lot of things for you. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, some of these, these kids, they just need to have somebody that, you know, cares for them even. And you said that trust, you know, that's a way of, 
of showing like maybe they've never seen that before you know um it's uh it's it's a skill though too you know to do it the way you did it most people again appeal to the emotions and oh this kid is he or she is uh is uh has a temper and they 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 throw fits i I can't deal with it and pass them on to the principal you know or whatever that's exactly right that's exactly what happens it's a skill i mean you got it (laughs) well and it's one thing that well now i can't even go to monaga like let's let's go back to monaga when i was teaching there like that wasn't what you would consider a at-risk type of school that was just a good meat and potatoes you know, white bread school where, you know, kids came and they w- w- left. You didn't have to worry about this. You didn't have to worry about kids. You know, if a kid told a teacher to fuck off, that was like newsworthy. That didn't happen. <laughs> you know, and if you, if you told a kid, you know, for the most part, if you told a kid to do something, they'd do it. If you told a kid to, that this assignment was due on Wednesday, the, the assignment would get turned in on Wednesday. Maybe not great, but they would get their shit turned in. They would do their job. They, and you would, it was pretty easy. It wasn't like anything hard. But there were still teachers that didn't have the, I don't, I don't even know what word to use, that, where you take things personally. Yeah. Like if a kid, you know, a kid doesn't like you and then they, you know, they give you the stink eye or they roll your eyes at you and then you, you get mad and then it turns into like a headbutting contest. Then you send them to the principal and then it, it's just a cycle that goes on. It doesn't even have to be that way. It's so simple to deal with kids. And it, uh, I go back to Monaga and the teachers and anyone else and any other school, it doesn't even have to be Monaga. If you're building a relationship with kids, if you're building a relationship with your staff, if you're building a relationship with the community and the parents and all that kind of stuff, it makes your job so much easier. And, but you have to get the ego out of the way. You have to get your feelings out of the way. You have to like the end result doesn't always have to be exactly what you think it's going to be. Success can be defined in so many different ways. And how you define success is a, is a big thing on how you get people to do what you want them to do. Like, how do you define success? And <laughs> it's such a broad term, you know, it's, uh, some, I, you caught me off guard, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you, if you make a plan to do something and I guess if, you know, if you get to that end result in one way or another, whether you uh, take the long route or the, the, you get lucky and it it happens quickly. I, I guess that would be that would be success. I suppose a general feeling of of uh, accomplishment. You know that's kind of success. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good good question. Like it, for me, uh, <clears throat> and maybe I'll help you out with this one. And it goes back to when I was coaching, and it probably started there. Like I never define success on like wins and losses, like ooh, and I guess we go to the the, the word goals. Like, what are your goals? Which it, to me, <clears throat> which to me is like a, I almost hate that word goals. Like I get it, we have to set goals, we have to have 
goals in place, whatever. Like I want to lose 20 pounds. But when you set, so many people set goals that they have no control over. Like mm-hmm. I have control over whether I'm going to come into the gym today and work hard, but I don't necessarily have control whether I'm going to get 10 reps, which is my quote unquote goal. Or maybe yeah. I only get eight. Does that mean I failed? Great mm. perceived exertion, right? <laughs> right. So, so, or I'll even take it to the, like my last year in Monaga when we won, we were like, what, 21 and three or 20 and three. Brad Lusty, shout out to Brad. He, he, he can correct me on, my, on the records because he has a much better memory on all that than I do. But we were like 20 and three, I'll say. And I got coach of the year, like where we oh, go yeah. to the, where we go to the coaches meeting at the end of the year and we vote for all conferences and we, and then they, the, the coaches all vote for coach of the year and they gave yeah. it, they gave it to me that year. And the whole time I'm like, this is so stupid. Like this whole, co- like I think, and the reason I think it's stupid is because my first year in Monaga, we were like three and 20 total opposite record with Shane Karen and a sophomore starting at point guard. And we just had it in Seth Royko. We weren't any good, but we, they worked their asses off. We played hard. They came to practice every day and worked their asses off. And it was probably the funnest season I had out of all of them. And my coaching, yeah. my coaching never changed. We did the same thing. Every, if people came in and watched me coach, they would see that I coached the exact same way from when we won three games to when we won 20 games. But you're giving me a coach of the year because we won the conference and we won 20 games. I, I would say I did a better job coaching when we won three games. So <laughs> You know what I mean? So like, what's the, so, But if people looked at me, then, oh, he's a very successful coach because he won the coach of the year and they were conference titles winners and subsection championship game and all that bullshit. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything because it, it, I didn't set up to or set out to or set the team up to do any of that. Just show up, work hard, control what you can control, and the chips you know, are, the chips are going to fall where they fall. If you ever get into coaching, I, I you know I watch movies and I think like the best way to get people to improve is a a montage, you know. You start off, they're struggling. You play some music, and then it slowly shows them. And that's what you—that's what definitely what you what you need is a, well, a month. Well, you remember? I don't know if you remember or not. Like every one of our practices, what did we have going on in our practices? We had loud ass music playing. Like <laughs> I had go. the I had the stereo going, and the the music was loud as hell. And always we had music playing. And the kids loved it. The players loved it. I liked it. I don't know if some of the old, like some of the older heads at the time probably didn't like it so much, but it didn't matter. But that was another like tool to use. Hey, you guys want to work hard or not work hard? Cause we can just do this the old fashioned way. I'll take the music away and we'll just go back to boring basketball or let's have some fun, work our asses off, play some music, quote unquote, make a montage out of it. And <laughs> Come in and work your ass off. Simple as that. And you did it too. You 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 joined us, and you weren't even on the basketball team. You came. You you know you know how hard we worked. And you know the key with the montage is you got to have that music fade at the end, and then uh, you know 
and then it is the time to perform you know the next scene <laughs> like the best the best montage is the rocky balboa rocky three i would say rocky three training montage now the most cliche <laughs> the most cliche montage in the whole world but it I watch those now and I'm like, no, oh, that's kind of cheesy. But at the same time, it's still rocky. So when you, uh, I want to go back to your, your gym. Yeah. You got, and since we're talking about music, you have music on going all the time, right? Oh yeah. Your, your brother would be, uh, he'd be proud. You know, we got, we play some Slipknot, some Pantera, um, another band that I think I, sh- I told you that you should check their lyrics. I was hate breed. Um, it sounds bad, but I mean, a lot, you know, despite those bands being very hard, they're they really don't have any swearing in them. It's kind of it's it's crazy, but yeah, it gets you motivated. It, it, and a lot of the times, it's for for me to have more energy as a when I'm when I'm coaching people, you know. So, but anyway, I, I interrupted you. What did you have a question? No, we were talking say. about music, and you. I asked you about the music because that that was another thing I wanted to ask you about. Because for me, music is huge. Like anywhere I've ever yeah. coached, anywhere I've ever taught, I had. I always made sure if I didn't have one, I would order one, a sound system, whether it was just a small little portable radio. Nowadays, you got the Bluetooth speakers. You can, and that was like a huge. Since we're talking about quote-unquote motivating people or getting people to this is another manipulation tactic i used because i love music so i didn't have to like no one had to try to convince me hey coach can we have music no because i already had it yeah i would give people the opportunity to choose their playlist and holy crap that was like uh people would lining up in droves for okay coach it's my turn today it's my turn for a playlist (laughs) no it's my I was like, you, and so we'd have a list on, on, on my little whiteboard whose day it was to choose the music, and they loved it. And again, I go to the basketball part. They loved having the music going, and there was a couple times where music wasn't going, and they hated it. I hated it too. I loved having the music going. So now you're working out. You have your own gym. You have the keys to the castle. Are you in total control of what's being played, or do you... Uh oh, I saw a little reaction there that got you. <laughs> it's uh it probably honestly is the number one I guess subject, you know, as far as when patrons come in. Um I would say it's the biggest uh the biggest subject. Like uh it's it's about the music. It's never about the the workout, you know, obviously it's difficult to complain or they'll kind of jokingly complain but but the music is always yeah and when i'm coaching it's it's usually you know cj would appreciate the pantera you know it's it's pretty it's it's energy Mm -hmm. it depends on the workout too you know if you have something where you need to it's it's more about effort than opposed to technique Mm -hmm. then we're going you know and you know we had some uh Listen to House of Pain. Yes, sir. I approve. Brown's a great one. You know, I'll serve your ass like John McEnroe. <laughs> <laughs> Just the beginning of that song is all you need. That dan, 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 dan. And then that beat kicks in. It's over with. But so do you choose the, the music or do you let other people choose? 
Uh, as far as, oh boy, now I'm going to get a lot of questions if any of the patrons are listening to this. And now I'm <laughs> open up the camera. Yeah. Uh, I, the, whoever's coaching generally will choose the music. So, like, uh, Becky and Caleb and Brett, the other coaches, they all have their own playlist that they like. Um, mine, it says Pete's playlist. Becky has hers. Um, Caleb has a few different that he likes to go back and forth. And so when you're doing a, when you're doing a kids class, you don't have the kids like Pete. Why don't you play whatever? I don't even know what what kids listen to nowadays. I'm so far out of that. Macklemore is pretty pretty big right now. Um, I don't even know either. Why don't you that. play this song? Why don't you play? Do you get that a lot? You know what? I I, I don't. I and I think it's. You know, from the get-go, I'm I'm pretty assertive when I'm coaching the kids, uh-huh. and I and I'm and I'm very. Um, this is what we're doing. We're we're hit the ground running as soon as it hits three thirty, mm-hmm. and as you they should don't, be. And they they honestly, great kids here. Right. I mean, I I'm very fortunate that I mean they just want to work, and they don't even question. I they don't question anything. They just do it. You don't so have I'm any really kids that just say, fuck you, I ain't doing this. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I don't. They they pay for it, you know. Right. They, they, parents pay for it. I mean, there's kids that are, you know, there's uh, obviously a variation in effort sure. among the kids. There's kids that just can't wait till Monday and Thursday. Right. And there's kids that come here because their parents pay and they, and they're, they still work because, you know, they're being pressured by their peers. Sure. To, work so they have to but their effort may be and that's fine you know right you choose you choose so i i tell them i say hey your dad's paying good money to be here for you to be here get, get going on that rower it's not a place to rest you know so it's always it's i don't get bent out of shape about it because ultimately they are paying and it's their choice how hard they work but i'll try to obviously push them a little bit yeah that was always one thing that and it still to this day we early on at the very beginning of the podcast i said control your perceptions that was always one thing and it still does Mm -hmm. that bothers me is when people don't put out when they don't give up their 100 percent best effort and i have to always fight that urge to get upset as a coach. Oh, you're breaking up mm-hmm. on me. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Your your screen just kind of went green on me. But but <laughs> but uh yeah, that was that's still even as a coach and a teacher and stuff, that was always one thing I had to like be very conscious of is okay, not everyone's gonna give their hundred percent. Not everyone's gonna not everyone's gonna be like you. Not everyone's gonna be like the the kid in the class that's gonna work a hundred percent. Some kids are gonna give fifty percent. Some kids so I had to learn how to be like, okay, I'll take that fifty percent. Just don't make it a zero percent. And <laughs> and again, once once I was able to get to the, the stoic part of it and be like, okay, you choose. That's whatever you're gonna get out what you put in. So I can't make you try any harder than you're gonna try. Yeah, you know and like you can't really teach effort you know it's it's just uh like i always work really hard i see it my my daughter too it's her birthday by the way six today what's her name again charlotte 
Charlotte. Happy birthday, Charlotte. <laughs> it's her birthday today. We're going to go to a daddy-daughter dance tonight. Um, and then, Are uh, you going to have a cheat meal? Oh, yeah. Ice cream. Nice. Ice. So, and then uh, um, dance. I'm not sure on the whole itinerary. Um, my wife has it, so I, I, I'll have to check in with her when I, when I get home here and, and, and look at it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, like three hours long and pretty cool. But going back to my daughter, you know, she she loves this stuff. You know, she does gymnastics, mm-hmm. she swims, and she she's like, I see a lot of me in her, and she she gets frustrated like I did. Mm-hmm. I always get frustrated. I'm really hard on myself. Um, I don't say I don't say I get uh, I'm a baby about things. I'm just hard on myself. <laughs> right, right, that's the best way to put it. <laughs> but you know, she's uh, she's gonna be a gonna be a good athlete, and she. She, she's even written workouts up for me. It's hard to read them because uh, the, the spelling's not perfect. She's in kindergarten, but you know, one day she had four round or four things on there. It was rowing, mm-hmm. uh, burpees, push-ups, and squats. Oh, I like her. I like her a lot. <laughs> very nice. Very, very, and yeah, you know, yeah. speaking of speaking of your daughter, and you brought up the 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 dance and all this other stuff, and then you brought up your wife and how. You have to check in with her because she's got probably everything <laughs> under control. We, we can't end it. We can't end this episode without giving a shout out to her because I know with every good man, there's a good woman behind her, and w- whether it's your mom, we already know how great she is. You got to give a shout out to your wife. Yeah, uh, you know, it takes a lot of trust and patience when you're doing something like opening a business uh, that, that you're going to succeed. And a lot of times, you know, when you're, when you're living with a person, you're like, Oh, they're a professional. Like she's a doctor of psychology. And you're just like, forget them, forget I'm living with a doctor. She probably, you know, we kind of just know each other on a personal basis. And you don't think about like, wow, this person has a skill. But that's not true. She does actually uh, really trust that I I am skilled at at fitness or you know teaching or leading fitness. Mm-hmm. And so that was a a big thing. You know, last episode we talked about how it was uh, it's uh, scary or you, you're afraid to jump into a new thing. You know, where there's that fear of failing and. Uh, she was one that put a lot of the the fears away, you know, like, uh, hey, you know what? If it doesn't work, blah, 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 you know, like, here's the, the list of things we can we can do. Um, also brought up, well, this is an obstacle you're going to have to overcome, like, uh, well, just a simple thing like insurance, mm-hmm. you know, just like stuff like that, you know, or this is what we have to figure out. Um, and, uh, and, in a month, I'll be a be a dad again. So, um, God bless within you. <laughs> within a month, so um, I'm sure Sarah hopes sooner rather than later. Um, Girl or a boy, great. or don't you know? Uh, I know, but we're not telling yet. So are you get, Are you going to do a gender reveal? 
you know that's uh that'd be a great idea i think <laughs> blue and pink you know and have the uh, i don't know how i should do it that's a great idea has anybody ever done that uh, i don't think i think you'd probably be the first one to do it you should do it on the rope climb where you climb up the rope and put like a balloon yeah. up there and then uh, when you hit the balloon whatever if it's a boy blue will come out of it if it's a girl pink will come out of it and then people well, will love that i'm sure it'd really go good on your instagram stories put it on uh i'll start a tiktok and it'll go viral i guarantee because i bet nobody's ever done that before no so That's... but yes we are uh, we do what it is and uh <laughs> and uh and it's exciting you know that um you know how it is uh that those first few weeks are a little bit rough but it's uh i i like that it's a good learning experience right it yeah. has to be if, you, if you're not learning you're going backwards i'm trying not to go backwards so i was trying to go forwards at least for me because if i keep going backwards like especially like being a dad it's like the the one thing like with little bam and i know i've talked to you about i've asked you questions because i needed leadership on that was like you know simple stuff as simple as like changing diapers and doing all that kind of thing and there were so many i remember the first night bam's born kenyatta and i are still in the hospital and bam slept through the night she didn't even make a word she slept no sounds (laughs) and i and i was holding her so of course in my mind it was because of me in my my leadership i was able to comfort her and put her to sleep and it was just and I looked at Kenya, I was like, this is freaking easy. I got this. This is that's <laughs> shit. Why is everyone saying this is so hard? <laughs> and then the next night, it was just total opposite, crying all the yep. time. And it was like, okay, I guess I got my workout out for me. I, I'm, not, I'm not as great as a dad as I thought I was going to be. So the point of that is, it's like, once you think you got something figured out, realize that you don't because something, a curveball is coming your way. I think we... We had mentioned that, you know, fortune is fickle, right? You know, you, <laughs> one day you're on top of the world and then the next day your muffler falls off your car and <laughs> you're out 200 bucks, whatever. But that's, you know, that's, it is great to have a, a partner to, to help you with that kind of stuff too. Cause I mean, as mentally tough as you might think you are, and that kid's screaming, her ass off Mm -hmm. you know and it's nice to hand hand her off to somebody else you know i remember early on too going back to the diaper changing thing i was changing bam's diaper and that was kind of that's become my role among other things is being the diaper changer and uh kenyatta told me what to do she's like all right make sure you get one diaper ready put it under the diaper because you never know what's going to happen to take the dirty diaper out so she she had it all figured out for me. All I had to do was follow her lead. Well, what did I do? I didn't follow her lead. I just said, uh, bam's good. I took her diaper off. Everything was clean. And then all of a sudden, just like explosive shit just came out of her. <laughs> and had I had that diaper already handy, it would have caught it all. But of course I didn't. I, did, I missed a step. And now I got crap all over the place, all over my shirt, all over my shorts. And it's like, life lesson here. You don't know everything and listen to the people that know and that goes right back to the very beginning we were talking about when you have people on your side that know more than you do about something use them to have, oh yeah let your let your ego go 
because what was I what was I thinking? I have no idea, but whatever <laughs> it was, it's like God. So don't let life lesson people don't let your guard down. Keep your guard up. Listen to people that know more than you and understand that you don't know everything. And that might be a good thing to end on. And I'm gonna throw an, another invite out to you because I feel like we haven't aren't done talking, and we're already at an hour twelve minutes. Wow, that went fast. Went very fast. I'm I'm in. You're in for Sunday. Yeah. People, make it a great day. Pete and I, we are out. You never know where you're going if you don't look back. Hold it tight like a fist for it fades to black. You got a relic, best to keep it true. A ticket to the past, it can bring you to. You got a relic, it comes far and few. Remember what you do, it comes.